0: going on everybody it's your buddy it's your pal it's Phoenix the YWC reality check and you guys know the deal you don't seem a pretty sexy face if you're watching on YouTube if you're not then it doesn't really work out anymore anyways bottom line finally got Jake back on the show
1: that's right once again I have returned
0: and promises promises we are not nearly going to be as controversial this time <laughs> did you know Jake I, I, I and I heard this from the wisdom of the internet you and I are incredibly racist and sexist
1: Uh, I heard the same, but shocking, shocking.
0: My favorite tweet, before we get into what we're talking about tonight, my favorite tweet was, I don't know why Spaz decided to include Jake in all his hatred. (laughs) I I can't even do it. For those of you that don't know, for those of you relatively new to the show, uh, Jake and I did a topical video a little while ago on our thoughts on just the Sasha Banks situation in general and how problematic it is. And I'm not going to say that we were right, but we were right. Anyways, we're here tonight to talk about uh, Worlds Collide coming up this Saturday as part of the Royal Rumble weekend. Um, overall thoughts on the Worlds Collide concept and specifically the show this Sunday, or Saturday.
1: Yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be one heck of a show. and This has been uh, built very well, and I, I think you know tensions are obviously high between both brands, NXT and NXT UK. All in all, I, I uh, am looking forward to this more than previous takeovers even, just with how many dream matches and, and great stories that are being told.
0: I think we I think we both said to it at one point as we were getting ready to record this, uh, it's really a missed opportunity that they're not just calling this TakeOver Worlds Collide.
1: Yeah, I think that that would even draw in a stronger fan base. Uh, hopefully they, they still get the numbers that a takeover would, because this is deserving of that and so much more.
0: I think as well as... um. A good enough reason to throw the, the takeover precursor on it is they've done a really good job of turning around what was a pretty dead concept because when they did the first couple of Worlds Collide, it was all like pre tapes from like WWE accesses and hey, look at all these cool crossovers that are happening. But like, yeah, nothing, it felt more
1: like an no, afterthought.
0: Yeah, nothing really mattered. I mean, I'm, the one thing I took away from it was there was a really good match, ironically, between uh, Piper Niven and Zelina Vega. So you want to talk uh, two different styles there? Two different, you know. Obviously, there's a there's a David and Goliath reference to make there. But it w- it was sort of like the spoilers were out there. It didn't have a pay-per-view feel to it whatsoever. This, when I heard that they were doing a Worlds Collide instead of a Takeover this weekend, I was initially pretty bummed. But now that we see the card that they've thrown together, it's it's pretty damn it's pretty damn impressive. It, it,
1: it's stacked. I mean, it, it is just loaded with dream match scenarios one after the other uh, reliving some of the greatest feuds that they've had in NXT UK, as far as the women's division goes. I mean, there's just a lot to look forward to. And like you said, losing that, that moniker of TakeOver at first felt like a devastating blow, but I feel like we're getting more out of this than we would otherwise. So.
0: Well, the thing is, like, it's not like Raw and SmackDown where they had to like literally create the wild card bullshit that we had last year. There's a pretty free-flowing, fluid collection of talent between the two NXTs. So they didn't even necessarily have to do like a brand war to have some of the matches that we're having tonight.
1: No, and, and thankfully, they're not really doing all out in, in the sense of like what they did with Survivor series where it's brand versus brand even though that's the concept it feels more it feels more like just stars trying to prove themselves and they have a you know they have a homeland to, that they call their own but that's more in the background than anything it's more the individual talent trying to prove who's who's more deserving and better
0: i was having a uh, a debate on twitter a positive debate as opposed to a lot of the other debates that are out there um, I do take a lot of shots at AEW because of the whole Wednesday Night War thing. We all take our shots at Raw and SmackDown because they're they're Raw and SmackDown. But th- that sarcasm aside, I really do think there's a genuine argument for NXT, like proper NXT on Wednesday nights, being the hardest working brand in wrestling right now. And the reason I say that is because they are always operating on three fronts now. Now they've come to they've, yeah, come, to TV. they've come to TV. So they're trying to prove themselves as a brand on par with Raw and SmackDown. They're still on Wednesday nights, so they're directly competing with AEW. And now, because they've gotten themselves to a certain point, they are they all are also tasked with sorry tasked. I can speak, I swear, with <laughs> with bringing up their like I don't want to say lesser, but like their their other NXT little brother brand along for the ride. And I think they balance that out. Yeah, they're, they're out trying to make sure good. no one
1: gets left in the dust.
0: Because, uh, I mean, we saw it. You mentioned uh, Survivor Series and all that. Like, they managed to build towards war games and, um, and Survivor Series simultaneously. Now they're building. While
1: making NXT no longer feel like a uh, performance center creation.
0: Oh, exactly. So they they successfully built two pay-per-views at once. Now they sort of built three because there was some involvement with them sort of helping along the NXT UK pay-per-view that just passed, which I think we can agree was a success in its own right. Um, yeah,
1: because now, like you said, you've got three. You've got the Rumble, you've got Worlds Collide, and Portland Takeover all being handled at the same time. Now, that you know that's the one thing as you mentioned as well with NXT you're constantly getting they're they're putting forth the best matches consistently you know every time they go out there it's mm-hmm. about putting on the best matches and that's what AEW does as well but i feel like NXT has always got that thirst that drive uh they're, they're less about those giveable moments as a whole and more about from bell to bell giving you the full experience
0: yeah it's just too bad they're not on a boat eh cuz like being on a boat makes <laughs> all the difference it, it, it certainly it's adds it's the, the ss5 star
1: I, 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 I do imagine that if they were to start touring that would give them a bit of an advantage. they need to to get out of full sale eventually. I know that's risky but I I, feel like
0: I am terrified about them leaving full sale honestly because they have
1: their niche crowd that, that gets over with everything but in order to truly see how they're how they're building and what stars are truly over, you know everything's over in full sale because that's their home base. but to see what's getting over how well you're selling and, and the numbers you can pull, uh, I I think it'd be a huge benefit for them because you you'll be able to branch out into different markets and when they're doing these quote unquote house shows with NXT traveling all over the place they're selling out the arenas that they're going to the stadiums arenas you know yep. s- spots they're they're getting anywhere from 6 to 10,000 seats sold out consistently time and time again
0: and I I would almost hope that like if they were touring for the weekly show that they would stay in the smaller Type of venues like the college university type. Yeah, venues, what AEW is
1: doing, they're not going over yeah. ten thousand.
0: Well, they're going to Atlanta for the for that big show that they're they're promoting in a couple weeks. But yeah, um,
1: Revolution. But I mean, besides that, you know, the, you're you're pretty much seeing AEW do the similar kind of thing where they're they're staying in that that comfort zone.
0: I will say the one highlight of. Of like obviously I was I was at both Takeover Torontos but there's been exactly one proper NXT house show in Toronto and it was in the old Maple Leaf Gardens and it wasn't a sellout I'm not gonna I'm not gonna embellish it but it is the it was the house show where I saw Ricochet debut before he was on TV yeah and it was the they
1: test things usually in feuds and matches and stars yeah
0: and I saw. Well, now we know them as a tag team, but uh, they had sort of a like a house show only rivalry. Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville go 20 minutes, and it's that one house show that makes me laugh my ass off every single time. I say, oh well, Mandy can't work; she's just a Barbie doll. And I'm like, you can go fuck yourself.
1: Yeah, you saw her deliver on on more than one front. Yeah, so it,
0: it is kind of a bummer because it's not even the usual like main roster argument. It's literally the, the sh- she didn't even get to show what she could do in NXT.
1: And, no, she really didn't. And Sonia Deville can perform well also. That that's a you know, I d
0: I don't think Son- I don't think anybody doubts Sonia Deville though. She comes in there and like MMA is like the big popular thing right now where we're Yeah, putting, a lot putting, of striking,
1: putting, a lot of lot of putting, clinches, but
0: Well not only that, but like look who we focus on. We're focusing on Riddle, we're focusing on Sonia Deville, we're focusing on Baszler, we're focusing obviously on Ronda Rousey, Brock Lesnar. I yeah, don't think it's Kane as hard is. I don't think it's as hard because Sonya Deville doesn't commit the cardinal sin of being like White and blonde.
1: Yeah, I mean even (laughs) even uh, the bros are white there. Matt Riddle, you know, he's another one that gets that same kind of edge as well with an MMA background. So, anyway, yeah, heading into you know this pay per view, there's just so many different scenarios that seem uh, like we wouldn't get to see them either again or at all, and I'm I'm so stoked.
0: Or, or, or it brings or it brings up things that you hope you see, because while we don't want to see our favorites go from NXT to Raw or SmackDown, there is an element, and it's proven in a couple different scenarios that we're going to talk about tonight. Um, there are a couple of scenarios of coming up from NXT UK to NXT. Yes, and, and, and um, I
1: like the fact that they can travel back and forth. And have that fluid transition uh, and freedom to you know still participate yeah. in both brands.
0: And it, yeah, and it doesn't and like I say, I go back to the raw and Smackdown example. It doesn't have to be like a thing. Oh my God, they're over here from Smackdown. It's just like, no, they're all NXT. It's just there's an NXT over here and an NXT over here. I do want to very briefly touch on one thing because you mentioned Matt Matt Riddle. One thing that up until last night, I thought was going to be on this card. That's actually going to be on next week's episode of NXT, and I was very vocal in my NXT review about the decision to not have this be part of the card, is the final finals of the Dusty Classic between Dunn, Riddle, and the Grizzled Young Veterans.
1: Especially because that's been a, a keepsake of all takeovers. You know, the finale has been you know, main focus of most of the shows. So for it to not be on, on such a grand stage and showcased and highlighted in such a way is really shocking.
0: I think it's a huge mis- – I mean, it's going to be a great get for That's next the thing. M- they want it for show. a
1: ratings draw. And if they weren't in war with AEW, how different things would be.
0: Yeah. I See, I do say – I see that, but also at the other side, like, to play devil's advocate because I don't agree with it being on the show. But if I was going to play devil's advocate, I was to say, okay, you could put this in the middle of a pay-per-view or it can main event a show. And if that's what yeah. they do, there, there's an argument to be made there. But I just want to oh, say... Oh, it's definitely
1: going to main event next week. I have no doubt about that. And this will be a, a huge focal point going forward as well with the two. So.
0: Especially because, I mean, maybe, maybe the argument to be made is that this technically isn't a takeover. But yeah, I mean, and I the, can
1: see this match going either way as well. So With the honestly.
0: whole concept of Worlds Collide, though, being NXT versus NXT UK, and it happens to come down to one team from NXT and one and a team from NXT UK... Uh, Like, we were making all of our predictions, and it's like, okay, well, when the four final teams were, like, these two teams and Imperium and Undisputed Era, it's like, well, it won't be Imperium and Undisputed Era because they've already got matches that night. Well, that doesn't matter, because this match isn't happening that night.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: I just want to tap on the the fact that, like, in all the Dusty Classics, they've always had the one-off team. I mean, it's Dunn and Riddle here. It was Aleister Black and Ricochet. It was Samoa Joe and Finn Balor in the first one, and they always manage to find these teams that work. And how ridiculous is it that Pete Dunn and Matt Riddle works?
1: I know it, it's surprising, but they work so well together. And at one point in time, I was curious that, you know, will we see Riddle get, uh, you know, turned on, or will he turn on, you, you know, his partner Dunn just because that's what happened previously. You know, when we saw the the final member of Undisputed Era join in, you know, we were going to get another strong backstab. So I was curious if that would be a story told. But it looks like they're going to stay true to each other and uh, go head on to the Grizzled Young Vets. So there's a lot I still mean, to, to, and, to consider.
0: And the other thing is, too, is a, a lot of people say that, oh, you know, Grizzled Young Vets are a great team, but it would be great to see um, Zach Gibson in a, one-on, in a one-on-one scenario on the main stage. Uh, Zach Gibson on the mic is great
1: yeah and i think that time is coming i just don't want to rush into it yet let things develop naturally and take their time they're building nicely here and the story is great they're saying that you know Dunn held them back and he's saying well you just can't beat me so easy premise again occam's razor simplest is always the best
0: and and the 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 built-in story as well because the nxt team has a guy that knows these nxt uk guys so you could believe even if it's just even if they don't specifically say it, even if it's just in our own headcanon, yeah, Riddle can benefit from the fact that Dunn has fought these guys. When NXT UK was first starting, I saw um, Zach Gibson was one of the first ones to really target Dunn and the, at that time, WWE United Kingdom title. I think they're slowly renaming it to actually be the NXT UK title to match the rest of the Yeah, that's
1: what I'm hearing as well, so.
0: But I mean, they're also renaming another title that we will get to. Later, um, yeah. I mean, the other thing we're getting next week was, is another story that's been tremendously built to, and that's Dakota Kai versus Tegan Knox. But unfortunately, that doesn't really factor into into the Worlds Collide. This, I, I couldn't even make an argument for that because then it's just two people from the same brand in a show that's all about the uh, the brands going up head to head. Um probably going to be a relatively quick conversation. We do know what the kickoff match is. The kickoff match is NXT UK Women's Champion Kaylee Ray defending against NXT's Mia Yim. Uh they had some brief interactions building up to Survivor Series. They want us to sort of believe that there's like lingering bad feelings between the two. This was announced on Twitter. Um,
1: Yeah, not a a fantastic build here, but there is history there with them both being involved in the first ever women's war games, so that has at least something for them to build off of. And they're both looking to to prove a bit of supremacy in the singles division, so... I mean, as far as the NXT side of things go.
0: I mean, Kaylee Ray is one of those people... Like, I don't watch UK on a weekly basis. Uh, People that have been watching this channel for a long time know I reviewed it for a little bit, but, I mean, with all the stuff we have on our wrestling plates something had to go and unfortunately it was nxt uk but kaylee ray is a great one to watch and she was a great one to pick up the title from the sort of wreckage of the tony storm rhea ripley rivalry when they were the two definite stars of that division for somebody, yes that- and then
1: the triple threat that they just had was a great piece of story work as well yep. you know best friends now bitter enemies with with a, a third wheel in the middle who was also kind of this X-Factor, yeah. very well done. And it really was, uh, it wasn't even about the wrestling in that match. It was strictly about the story that got me involved, yeah. which made me enjoy Kaylee Ray that much more. I think she's going to come out on top here, honestly, just because she is the UK Women's Champion. But if she loses, I mean, that might give Maya Yim a title shot to go on that side of things. I mean, we, we don't know. It kind of could play into them uh, transferring people back and forth to UK, as we've heard rumored as well. So yeah. I, I'll stay with Kaylee Ray here, but... I, I could see it going with me just to, just as a cover.
0: I will I will say, I'm not going to lie, I'm not as excited at the prospect of our favorites from NXT going over to the UK, but that's more of a, of a selfish viewer, this is the show I'm watching, this is the show I want to see them on type yes. of thing. You mentioned the triple threat match it, at uh, Blackpool too. I think the one person there that doesn't really get the recognition that she deserves and who I sort of wish was on this card in some capacity is somebody like a Piper Niven.
1: Yeah, she's fantastic, and I mean, she doesn't have that typical look that all the other women's division has either. I mean, obviously, you'd have to be blind not to notice, hey, look, she's a large gal, but even with her size, you know, she's so akin to a Kevin Owens that she's able to conquer and decimate everyone in her way. So thoroughly impressive, and she really is just so damn athletic. I mean, she she takes her that booty and moves it around, and, and you know, no no fault about her, she's able to, to navigate the ropes just as well as all the other women. So that at her side, is even more better. impressive. Yeah, yeah, really. And um,
0: I will say though, and this is like people know I don't have any particular love for Nia Jax, but I don't want people. To listen- <clears throat> listening to me to think that this is a jab at Nia Jax but a big defense that people come up with when you talk about Nia Jax and when you talk about like the incidences that she's had and the people that she's injured and whatever and people will insist that you you can't kick her off the show you can't penalize her, you can't do this and that because we need to shine a a spotlight on people of different body types so that people in the audience that are watching of all different body types themselves can feel more enthused and more engaged and involved yeah it's easily
1: relatable you know yeah Zero is not a size and all of these, you know, and then people say, oh, if you pay attention to the weight at all that you're, you know, basically fat shaming it. No, not bringing it up is, is you know, basically classifying them as is obsolete and, and yeah. not picture perfect. So, you know, not not mentioning these things is more of a, a disservice to it than actually addressing the fact that, hey, she's not a tiny framed woman. But look at all that she can do better than exactly. the, the skinny girls, you know, and that, that's, what a, I... that's a huge thing. But like you said, Nia Jax is this, you know, large framed female wrestler and she can't do what Niven can.
0: And, and this is my expressed. And this is my point like people will, that will defend Nia Jackson and say she has to be on the show because we have to have somebody that represents this and I'm just thinking like I know nobody watches UK but you've got the solution for that sitting over in the UK like
1: and, and it, she's good on the mic
0: and she's, and she's good on the mic and she's got like attitude like she's got like really really spicy attitude towards her opponents but she still at the very same time can be running around the outside of the ring slapping hands with all the fans that are happy to see her like she walks that line and it's great and you can't tell me that we have to keep Nia Jax in WWE because of this, when you have somebody that can do what you're saying Nia Jax does, and not hurt anybody, <laughs> and that's, I, I, again, I say, like, I'm not, I, I'm not a small person, I'm the last person that's going to, uh, you know, take somebody down strictly for their size, I am going to take Yeah, down. I have no
1: room to talk, you know, I've, absolutely, my, my belt has no room to adjust either, but <laughs>
0: You know, I am I am going to take you down when the list of people, <laughs> people that you've injured goes into the teens. Exactly. And now we're only keeping you. How many the
1: How many spots you... have you destroyed? How many you know main events have you ruined? How many you know you can you can actually say that she destroyed a a main event caliber show yep. because of her negligence. She ruined Survivor Series the year before. If Luckily, they, if they Becky brought was Piper to save the main it,
0: roster. Her. If they brought Piper Niven to the main roster tomorrow, all the Nia Jax defenders would would lose their main bargaining chip. And as I say, this this does not come from a, a from a perspective of me hating Nia Jax. It just it's it's a conversation to have. But if it's the only conversation that that character is having, which it's definitely not in Piper Niven's case, it does make your own defense of Nia Jax look a bit weak. Is what I was trying to get around to. Absolutely. Anyway, so. uh, the other thing I was gonna say, getting back to the actual match we're talking about, Kaylee Ray is is great, and when she makes the trip over to what I what I I guess I should call like main roster NXT, uh, she's gonna do great things. But this is gonna be a very interesting match for Mia Yim because I think a, there's a lot of people out there that still don't rate Mia Yim, and I think that's really unfortunate because I mean she's more character right now than in ring, but her in ring isn't by any stretch of the imagination terrible.
1: No, not at all
0: and i just i've i've called her like the urban version of lita just cuz she comes out and like like that punk you out attitude and it's just really uh, granted i was in toronto for the pay-per-view match that she had with baszler it wasn't the greatest we all know this yeah but
1: unfortunately
0: but you know don't call i've always said and i said i said this back in the day when i was defending like the bellas and when i was defending like Alexa Bliss before she improved and whatever. Don't call somebody a 1 just because they're not a 10.
1: Exactly. That's that's a great, great attitude to have.
0: And I'd love to. I mean, people are shitting on the match that we saw this past week on NXT with my girl Shotzi Blackheart. Who's finally in NXT, which has me ridiculously happy because i I'm doing, doing high- a
1: great job. Even in defeat, she looked fantastic. So.
0: I'm I'm doing I'm finally getting a chance to do that indie thing that I used to make fun of everybody else for. It's like I knew them before they got to NXT. <laughs> Destiny Wrestling's own Shotzi Blackheart. Shout out to Destiny. Go back in two videos now and check out my review of Destiny's Carnage show that I was at on Sunday. That was a blast. Anyways, I don't think this title's changing hands. I think it's a bit of a shit show that there's three title matches on this card. Only one of them is a UK title, and they stuck that UK title on the kickoff. I don't think that does very much for evening out the brands, personally. Yeah. Um, the lack of title matches on here is actually kind of interesting. But... One of the probably dark horse matches of the night is going to be for the NXT Cruiserweight title: Angel Garza versus Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Jordan Devlin versus Travis Banks, the only Banks in WWE that matters. What do we think?
1: (laughs) Can't argue that. Oh boy. Now heading into the next match, you know, I, I while we were talking about the Dusty Classic before, I feel like this kind of takes place of the Dusty Classic instead. Yeah. Honestly, when, when I go through the card, and, and I was a bit you know, confused in a way that they weren't going to have the, the finale on the Worlds Collide card, like you said, maybe because it's not a takeover, but then knowing that we're getting this match, not so much in its place, but at all, kind of rectified that in my eyes, and when I really take a step back and, and look at the card as a whole, I can see why maybe they didn't want two big tag team matches you know, to, to to outclass one another.
0: Yeah, and they, I mean... They already
1: have, you know, the main event, four on four, and then we're getting, obviously, which I'm getting into, DIY reuniting to take on Mustache Mountain. This yeah. this is this is adding to that dream card effect. I mean, Gargano and Ciampa reuniting for at least one night, you know, to take on, you know, the former NXT tag champs Trent Seven and Tyler Bate. Yeah. This is this is obviously going to contend for match of the night honors. No doubt about it.
0: Yeah. I think it's actually going to be and I mean the the women's title match is going to I think it's going to sit on an island, but I think the the tag team match which I am which I am going to touch on in a second, uh I think it's almost imperative that they had a Cruiserweight title match on here. Because I think one of the biggest victories NXT has secured since going to TV has been that NXT rebranding of the cruiserweight title. Initially yes, and, with, and
1: procuring some of the talent from 205 Live to to you know come along with the title has been great as well. Because not only are those people getting showcased in time to do their thing, but it adds a different element to NXT that we didn't have before. So,
0: or or in some cases we did, but they weren't they were talents that we like to see, but they weren't exactly talents that were going to go up against a, a uh, you know, a Tommaso Ciampa or an Adam Cole or exactly.
1: whatever. Exactly, and I'm speaking more in the sense of, of, in in the regards that, you know, we had cruiserweights, but they weren't, always, if they were going against cruiserweights, there was no direction. It was just to, to oh, wow, look at what they, you know, the, the you saw the flips and the flying and the high-paced action. But th- there was no direction for them. It was just a, a simple one-off. Now there's feuds, there's stories, uh, there's, you know, bouts for, no, you know, contendership and who's going to be the number one contender, as well as champion defenses, you know, title defenses left and right constantly on NXT. And again, so we and now again, have we get, a, a we get TV title that. of sorts, and we have stars before that weren't being utilized being able to use their, their re- in-ring style again, so...
0: I think uh, very very conspicuous by his absence is the guy that they used to rebrand that title, which is Leo Rush. Leo Rush was the perfect guy to help NXT c- sort of claim that title yeah. out of obscurity, and his his run in with with Garza, uh, putting the title on Garza, is great. Um, I
1: imagine w- he'll be back and probably waiting for uh, Portland. I feel.
0: Oh, for sure. I don't think. That this is changing hands. I think getting Swerve in there instead, uh, off the back of that triple threat we saw a couple of weeks ago with Breeze and Rush, I think it's a great idea. I think you get a huge spotlight put on Swerve on, on a semi-pay-per-view stage. You had Leo Rush temporarily moved out of the equation without actually losing, because Breeze was brought in to take the pin. I think everybody wins. Obviously, because of the nature of the pay-per-view, you brought over two guys from the UK. Now, this is one of the caveats and I'm going to say it for this match and I'm going to say it for one other match we're going to talk about later on. I don't think this title is changing hands. But if it does, you put that title on Jordan Devlin and you get Jordan Devlin on main roster NXT.
1: And that could be something that they do sooner than later.
0: I mean, going back going back to Blackpool once again, who doesn't think that Devlin versus Bait was the highlight of that pay-per-view?
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: I mean, he is little, like, evil mini Finn Balor, but there are so many creative things that the writers and creative minds in NXT could do with that. You could have, like, a teacher-student scenario, because they were teacher and student in real life. You could have, like, Devlin, like, wanting to be, like, a follower of Balor, and Balor telling him to fuck off. You could just have them straight-up feud. Um, but more importantly than that is, like I say, we put Leo Rush on the back burner. Can you imagine we get to Portland and the match for the Cruiserweight title is Jordan Devlin versus Leo Rush?
1: That would certainly be one hell of a matchup.
0: Anyways, um, sign me as,
1: up. That's for sure.
0: As I say, that's my personal like a, a little bit of selfish fantasy booking. I don't think the title's changing hands. Garza is is a little like charismatic weasel of a heel, and it's that's a lot of fun too. How many weeks in a row did I on an NXT review say and Garza takes off his pants for <laughs> reasons?
1: And everyone <laughs> pops for
0: it. And, yeah, because we're wrestling fans, and we pop for stupid shit. I mean, like, there's a boat, and a dinosaur, and an alien. Anyways, moving on, we're not doing that. Um, speaking of Devlin, who was taught by Finn Balor, we might as well knock off Finn Balor versus Ilya Dragunov, because I don't really have anything to say about this one. Other yeah, than it's, Ilya it's pretty
1: straightforward. I mean, uh... You know, this this one could be a show stealer. Honestly, Balor's done great things since returning to NXT, and even as a heel, he's still getting that that you know overtly face reaction. And you know, Dragonov is still trying to to you know sequester some of his, his namesake in the divisions and, and make a name for himself. So, th- this is a a huge prospect, you know, for future you know, title contention and whatnot in Dragon off, and it's definitely someone to watch out for, but I see Finn winning here clean as a whistle.
0: Yeah, and I mean, even if Finn wants to be a little bit of a dick and do a little bit of underhanded shit, I, w- I would still count it as clean, because that's the kind of heel yeah, he is right now. Exactly. I'm, I'm looking for, and we've already mentioned it once tonight, we just came off of, like, watching my review of this week's NXT, I'm looking for very much a Baszler-Blackheart situation here.
1: Yes, yes, that that that's pretty much what I expect as well. Not not to outright agree with you, but that seems to be the most logical case.
0: I mean, if they want to do the shock and they want to give him like a real real feather in his cap, I mean, Finn Bálor's not going to get hurt by a loss, but you're you're doing USA versus the UK in the US. Like at some point they do have to think about where they are and where Yeah, that you're in Texas.
1: You got to be, you know, in in Houston. They they need to be...
0: I mean, they must... They must... Conscientious
1: about something.
0: Ilia Dragunov is, like, the definition of a mid-carder on the brand that I don't think a lot of people are watching. But yet, on pay-per-view, they've given him a one-off with Cesaro last year and now this one off with Balor and I don't think that that's happenstance I think they do see something in him I need to watch the show more so that I can see what that is because he's good like the, what I've seen yeah, of he is the, excellent but, the, uh, but the like ma- you said look at the
1: match with Cesaro that was a show stealer then and okay, I, I but think if, if,
0: if you can't have a good match with Cesaro you shouldn't be there though. I don't. I don't want to sound like a typical twerp from Reddit, but like.
1: No, but it's... it was just unexpected. People weren't expecting Cesaro to be there. One and two, yeah. the fact that they put on such a, a match of high caliber, it really exceeded all expectations.
0: And Finn Balor really just has drop set into this heel character. Jesus Christ. I want. I want at some point for there to be a takeover where like. You know how his entrance is the same both ways, but, like, they change up the lighting a little bit, and... Yeah, now he's got
1: the spotlight on him rather than the crowd.
0: Oh, I mean, like, for the demon, because everybody wants the demon. I want him to, like, throw the lights at like, the, the red and black lights.
1: Oh, yeah, and, that'd be great.
0: And make people think that the, the demon is coming out, and then not.
1: Just to tease everyone, yeah. Yeah. The smoke rises, and then, oh, look at that, no demon.
0: Yeah, like a lot of people have hot takes for the Royal Rumble that, you know, the number 30 spot's going to hit and we're going to hear Cult of Personality, but it's going to be like Baron Corbin coming out and, like, pissing everybody off. This would, would be, be great. This, this would be, like, the better, smarky, <laughs> N- nxt ear version of that.
1: I mean, side note, really quick, like you said, and I, I've, I've discussed this ad nauseum beforehand, with, you know, Punk obviously not returning, but could you honestly fathom... What the crowd would do if you hear that, shh, shh, you know, the guitar riff goes, yeah. the, the, the roof would beyond explode. It'd, it'd be, you know, dynamite in there. And then, pun intended. And then ha. Orban walks out. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh,
0: my, I think mine is better. Like I, I threw this out on Twitter. I don't know if you saw it or not. Imagine this scenario: all thirty men in the Rumble have come and gone. The last two are Owens and Lesnar. Owens tosses Lesnar out. Thinks he's won. His music plays and everything. Shane McMahon runs down from the back, tosses Owens out. Everybody's confused until Shane McMahon turns around and you you know he always wrestles in a jersey. He's got a a 31 on the back of the jersey.
1: (laughs) That'd be great, you know, just to to add another swerve to it.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I. uh,
1: That's when Joe would hang himself live on YouTube.
0: Yeah. I mean, WWE's going to break Joe. Shout out to Joe Cronin by the way, um, that WWE is going to kill Joe eventually. Um, eventually, yes. <laughs> speaking of killing people, Finn Balor just murking Joaquin Wilde this week.
1: Yeah, Joaquin, Joaquin actually is being sent for x-rays currently because of it. So
0: Joaquin literally got a boot in.
1: That and, was it. And you figure, you know, Joaquin just came back from injury. So for him to, to you know, <laughs> go ahead and Come back and then have this this stiff match. Uh, it was was uh, a bit hard to watch at times. I mean, uh, he literally j- just returned, just returned from injury, and, yeah. and now he's he's suffering from rib and lower neck pain. So Jesus. they're sending him for X rays today to see that it's not mm-hmm. anything serious. Shotzi was also complaining about um, shoulder pain, so she's listed as day to day, and then. Uh, Io Shirai tweaked her knee, so she's going for an
0: MRI. Jesus Christ! Oh man! I mean, there there is a small part of me that's like, oh, you you wrestled Shayna Baszler, and now your arm hurts. Let me let me recount you with my shock.
1: <laughs> well, actually, it's not even the uh, the part from Baszler. It was the attack from Diana Perazzo after. Oh. Everything that happened, that's what she's actually complaining about, so...
0: Oh, that's... Yeah, go figure. That's really shitty. That's really shitty. Um, I don't know. Like, leave Shotzi alone. She's good. Let her do shit. <laughs> yeah, uh, let her recover. Anyways, um, you mentioned it earlier, and I think I sort of stepped on your toes a little bit, but DIY versus Mustache Mountain. Now, I got one quick hot take on this. Yeah. No- normally... Because I uh, I mentioned it a couple weeks ago. Uh, this is a very interesting dynamic because it's the you know one team that could be considered the heart and soul of UK versus a team that could be considered the heart and soul of NXT, and they're both babyface. You you would assume going in. I would have a problem with that if you didn't look down the card and have a main event that was all heels versus all heels. So there's exactly. a there's so they a they weird a, a sense of balance there. Yin and Yang, yeah, absolutely. I mean.
1: Because realistically, you would see, you know, DIY plus two versus Imperium and then the era taking on Mustache Mountain. You know, they would add people in. And we're not getting that, though. And I like that fact. I like we're going face-face, heel-heel. You know, it's something uncouth and different and they and they complement each other
0: they complement each other because you're going to have a a, you're going to have a super respectful like let's really duke it out match here versus later on it's as underhanded
1: and and nefarious as possible absolutely i've always i've always used the 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 example of
0: um i've always used the example of imagine rick flair versus eddie guerrero you know dirtiest player in the game versus the lie cheat and steal guy um great example and and
1: that's the thing with that you know like you said not only do they complement each other, but they're, they're essentially mirror images for the most part. It's just doppelgangers, and they, they really, you know, what Undisputed Era is in NXT, Imperium is in UK. So it, it works on so many levels, which makes it even more interesting and intriguing to watch and see how it unfolds. I personally think that, and I've gone and mold over this a lot. I, I first was going to go with Mustache Mountain, but I really think DIY is going get, to get the upset here.
0: I think they are because I think uh, a lot of the time, especially in the like grueling sort of really let's just make this match a really good match, matches that uh, Mustache Mountain have, Trent Seven being sort of like the elder statesman or one of the elder statesmen of the UK brand, he ha- looks like he has no problem going in there and taking all the L's.
1: Yeah, and Tyler Bates has been on a roll for quite a while now. Obviously, he's, he's got that huge ovation you know, and recently at the last takeover for NXT UK. And Jesus, um, I, I really feel like Gargano and Ciampa, they, they've kind of been on a lull for a while. Gargano out with injury. Ciampa's suffered quite a few notable losses. Yeah. And
0: you know, they, bo- and they both have main event. They both have main event worthy matches coming up in Portland. Yes. So, so they, I they don't think they can afford a, a loss. I think the the one thing I'm looking forward to, and this is no slight on Trent Seven or Johnny Gargano, I'm looking forward to Tyler Bate and Tommaso Ciampa s- squaring off. Because there's something about the physicality that I think we're going to get from those two specifically that's going to dictate the rest of the match. I I got DIY. I don't see any way that Mustache Mountain... I've, again, I'm going to go back to my destiny bias for a second. I've had many opportunities to see Mustache Mountain wrestle live And it is something to behold because they did they and Pete Dunne were did a good solid stint in Destiny not too long ago. And they're amazing wrestlers. I've met them. I've spoken to them like they're really, really chill dudes. But I don't see anything coming from a victory over DIY for them at this particular point.
1: Yeah, I mean lots to consider, but I I, I see what you're getting at.
0: Anyway, it's gonna be a hell of a match though. This
1: I know it is, and I I, I keep going both ways, but
0: I, I don't I, go both ways. I as soon as I saw this, I was like, Mustache Mountain are gonna go out in there and bust their asses to make DIY look as good as they can look.
1: Yeah. Just seeing, you know, their previous performances, Mustache Mountain and, and You know, knowing what kind of role they've been on at first, I was like, oh, I could see them continuing, and and that footnote of them beating DIY is massive, but like you said as well, with both Gargano and Ciampa needing the, not so much needing, but utilizing the wins to build their roles on the way to Portland, that services them better, and NXT is all about making sense with logical booking, so...
0: And once again, uh, it is another one of those situations where when they're two loved talents, you do have to go back to considering where this is happening. It's not happening in the UK. I hope they do this exact show in a year in the UK just to see the difference in reaction, but I don't think, as much as the U.S. and, sorry, North American audience in general, has embraced Mustache Mountain, I don't think they've done it to the point where they are okay with them going over DIY.
1: Yeah, I agree, because really... they haven't showcased them enough, and people that haven't seen them yeah. would would be rather upset. So
0: And I mean, uh, not to make one more really lazy comparison, but if the matches that Mustache Mountain had for the NXT titles with Fish and O'Reilly are anything to, to go on or anything to base your prediction on uh, just think what they're going to do with DIY
1: yeah absolutely
0: anyways so there's another match we've got to talk about here but I have a joke to tell you first Jake are you are you ready for a joke I'm ready AEW's women's division uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you see AEW last night
1: I did indeed. Last night was one of the better uh, women's matches as well.
0: Did did you see Britt Baker's promo?
1: Yeah, that was um, (laughs) even a lot to be desired, that's for sure.
0: Uh, And she fought Tampon Girl too, and that's just all kinds of bad. Anyways, let's clear our palette from that, pun intended. Rhea Ripley versus Toni Storm (laughs) for the NXT Women's Championship. This is
1: is what, their sixth meeting now?
0: I was going to say, this is a retread of their rivalry in NXT UK, because both of them are from NXT UK, but the NXT audience has adopted one of them, and as we saw last night, or two nights ago by the time this goes out, this week's NXT, they've decidedly not adopted Tony Storm.
1: I don't even think it's a, it's about not adopting Tony as much as it is is that they just like Rhea better so they're cheering for her over
0: Tony. Yeah, but full, full sale like you said is is fickle like they they'll have the one that they like but then a good match will come along and you won't get a boo you'll get that oh like or or you get that let them fight chant let them fight or whatever. I don't think you've ever taken somebody that up until this point was received relatively on the same level of stardom as Rhea Ripley as Tony Storm was, or at least was in my view, uh, to get like such a pronounced negative, and it could be like the hometown team type thing. I'm chalking it up to that a lot, but Ripley was the the away team, like not even four months ago. So it's a really it's a really bizarre thing to watch. And if they're gonna get that reaction, I don't think they're gonna know how to play with it because you saw Tony Storm this week. On NXT, I don't think she was expecting that.
1: No, she certainly wasn't. I don't think they were. the, the backstage was expecting that kind of reaction either.
0: Especially if you consider, like, yes, they're retreading this feud. And, I mean, let's be real, this goes almost back to the second iteration of the Mae Young Classic. Yeah, but since then.
1: But I, I think that we'll see not an equal split, but closer to a split when we get to the actual show itself this weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: The the other thing to consider too is when they were coming out of the Mae Young Classic and going into the at that point just developing NXT UK Women's division, Rhea Ripley was decidedly the heel, and right now she's like surpassed Becky as as how they as how she's viewed by the audience. So it's a flip of roles if Tony Storm leans into the into the heel thing. And I, I, not necessarily to say that they will, but if there are other matches on NXT UK and at other NXT UK takeovers or anything to go by, this is going to be two slightly larger than normal, um, I don't want to say Amazons, because it sounds really, really cliche, beating the crap out of each other.
1: Yeah, that that's, I mean, but that is the the, the you know, long and short of it, so... And, and obviously, is, you know, sorry. this is this is a chance for no, this is a chance for Rhea Ripley to go ahead and, you know, make a believer out of out of the crowd once again. Now that she's the NXT Women's Champion, you know, you have to make your victory not seem like a fluke. They had to do it with the street profits. They've done it yeah. with you know many many people and teams beforehand. Uh, you know, you get that first initial win, but was it just in an any given Sunday moment, or was it you know meant to be? So she'll get the victory here, same thing with Bianca Belair, and that'll lead to what happens at the Mania Weekend, obviously, being the big, big setup.
0: Mania Weekend better be Io Shirai. Like... I
1: think that's what they're building towards, and that seems why they didn't just rush Eo into the, the picture for Portland. You know, they, they want to save her and have it be a long program, at least longer than a few weeks' time.
0: EO's is one of the weirder reactions, too. I mean, nobody I don't think anybody expected the reaction Tony got this week. But EO Shirai's is one of the weirdest reactions out of any, like, and the the vast women's division of NXT. But I don't think there's any more of a sort of a complex reaction than you get for EO Shirai. EO Shirai, as a babyface, was, was popular and she got a decent pop. And, oh, isn't she great? We really like her and whatever. She got a bigger babyface pop the minute she turned heel. <laughs> And then you yeah, know, she really did. You had her, you had her go all dark, and obviously she's a bad guy, so all of a sudden now she's wearing all black. They had her do the live entrance with Poppy on uh, in full sail. A couple, which was great, great couple, choice. And I like that they didn't wait for a pay per view; they just did that on a random Wednesday night episode of NXT. Like they need to stick in more things like that. Yes, do big things on big shows, but like we saw with Strong and Lee um, just two nights ago. Uh, you can have these great moments on the show as well. And with ratings now being a thing, and AEW apparently being a floating thing, um, <laughs> they need to do that as well. Like, yes, come for our takeovers, but you're going to get some of that on the weekly show as well. I think they're they're doing a little bit better with finding that, that balance. And I think Io Shirai has the weirdest response. And I think the following that she has is the only thing right now... That rivals um, that rivals Rhea Ripley as far as just hey here's a person here's the reaction we all yeah love... here's
1: someone that's worthy of
0: yeah. being
1: you know the number one contender I mean we and all and no one's trying to scalp anybody and take their hair or start a new gothic faction so.
0: uh, there's a couple goth factions in AEW have you heard <laughs> uh, DDP and Gold Duster wrestling are you excited yet <laughs> and we're ripping off <laughs> nice old and WCW Pay-per-views, and we're doing a pay-per-view called Revolution. NXT only did that like five years ago. And, I love you know, uh,
1: wrestling with regret. revolution. You know, you gotta, every time you say it, you got to really. But here it used. is. Should here have been is. Lethal Leap year, I'm telling you.
0: Here it is, though. WWE announces next year that the or or should say this year that they're having a pirate themed WrestleMania. All of a sudden, AEW is on a boat and John Moxley's dressed like a pirate.
1: <laughs> and saying, funny enough. They had a recap of last year's Royal Rumble, uh-huh. and they had you know different stars talking about everything that transpired in the match. They had the new day talking about it. They had um, uh, Mustafa Ali was there. Um, who else they they had many people there talking about it. Nia Jax, Randy Orton, yeah, there's more I'm forgetting, but they had different uh, Samoa Joe who was hilarious throughout the entire thing. It's on ww.com. Yeah. And when they got to Dean coming out, They didn't even address that Dean came out. They skipped over his entrance, and they skipped over any highlight he made in the match, and only one person said uh, Dirty Deeds when it (laughs) hit them, and then they they rushed through everything. They didn't even mention his name once. It was hilarious.
0: Didn't they edit him out of the footage of the Shield debut?
1: Yeah, they basically, like, they, well, they edited, it's hard to fully edit him out, but they edited out, like, a lot of his single moments during the debut. And any mentions and they, of him. And any mentions of his name they took away. So they just were like, Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns, the shield.
0: <laughs> I I aspire to be as petty as the WWE is sometimes. they
1: thankfully they're, they're giving us, you know, uh, uh, great stuff as in, you know, the main event for this show. Yeah, I, I I am.
0: That was a smooth transition, my friend.
1: <laughs> hey, I am I am so excited for this. It is unreal. When we saw Undisputed Era, obviously invade the you know takeover show for NXT UK Blackpool, I was losing my mind. And that was after Walter, you know, goes through this hellacious title defense. And now we see Imperium, you know, get the distraction causing the loss for the Dusty Classic, and then keeping them off their rocker so that Keith Lee ends up walking away a champion. You know, it's just, with the attack afterwards, the, they've come to blows. That chop that Walter delivered the Jesus other night...
0: Christ!
1: I, I showed that to Danny multiple times. I'm like, listen to that. That is beyond brutal. That is the epitome of pain, so... Yeah,
0: apparently, and this is me, I am a shill for what culture. I listen to almost everything that they put out, but I was listening to their... Uh, their own NXT review and they were talking about somebody sent them a footage that was like from the show that was just recorded on their phone and it's like if you hear that chop without the sound editing that obviously goes into a televised show it sounds even worse.
1: It really does. I saw the clip sent to me on Twitter and it, it is... Impeccably insane, so brutal.
0: See his chest moment, or his uh, soul momentarily leave his body through his chest. But
1: yeah, also, I'm. in inside out. I
0: I love I love the take that uh, Adam Cole sold the chop by giving himself a Canadian destroyer. <laughs>
1: yeah, pretty much.
0: But I mean, like, this is gonna be like if you look at Walter alone, like this team should smoke the undisputed era. But
1: they're so scrappy and ingenious and, and, and they they always just find a way. You know, Adam Cole, there's a reason he was star of the year and, and no matter what Jesus their Christ, face was, how
0: many of those awards did Undisputed Era take? I think like six, six in six. total. And,
1: yeah, they walked <laughs> and away you'll with. notice
0: though, a little bit of storytelling. None of those awards went to Roderick Strong.
1: Yeah, funny enough. And I, I think that's what eventually they're gonna build to because that was a story they were going with when Velveteen Dream was in the picture, going for yeah. you know, the North American title and whatnot, they were kinda making good old Ronnie the, the dark, you know, yeah. red headed stepchild dark horse of the family. So if it
0: wasn't for the first crack in their foundation happening this week on NXT, I would say there's no way Imperium wins on Saturday. But if we're going to start the slow disintegration of the undisputed era, then losing to Imperium is the way to do it. Yeah, and in, I think in, in, in any other scenario, champion, in any know. other scenario, going back to and I'm sorry, I'm going to mention the crowd and where we are one more time, but like the undisputed era are almost on CM Punk levels. Like they could walk out on the ramp and pour out Paul Bearer's ashes and still get cheered.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they are that over. So for them to go ahead and be so on top, I, I mean. It was incredible because when I was at Takeover 25, you know, in, in Connecticut, I was shocked. I was because I loved Adam Cole, and you know, I, but Gargano came out. He was the penultimate babyface at that point in time, and yep. he got booed out of the building. I was yep. I was floored, absolutely flabbergasted. That he I think got Adam that Adam Cole is, is he eclipsed him.
0: Yeah, as a well, hero. Adam Cole is, and you can tell that, obviously, like, the HBK influence in in the backstage at the PC and all that, but even before Shawn Michaels was involved in NXT, I look at Adam Cole, and I'm like, not only, like, visually, physically, but, like, Adam Cole is Shawn Michaels. Like, he sort of transcends, like, being labeled as a babyface or a heel. He's just Adam Cole. Yeah,
1: he's just himself. Baby. Yeah.
0: <laughs> But so, I think like I, I his think group Imperium is just as over as that. him. But his 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 group is just as over as him. But his group is like an extension of him. And even Absolutely. though and even though that's true, they still manage to be themselves as well. It's sort of like I used to look at the Hardy Boys. And in order of popularity, you've got Jeff Hardy, the Hardy Boys, and then Matt Hardy. Like you've got one of the members, the act, and then the other member. I don't want to yeah. use I don't want to use the Genetti. Reference because it's used way too often, but that's just how it is. But I. It's think- tried
1: and true. It, it's it's a proven point, though. You know, Adam stands uh, you know miles ahead, and everyone is is equally you know talented, but he just has that much more charisma and and I don't even want to say like namesake, but he just has a way about him that that has served him you know tried and true. So, yeah. but like you said, I, I think that this is the start of the. Dissolution and, and, and uh, slow, you know, dismembering of Undisputed Era.
0: If that's true, I will love that long-term storytelling. On the night, I'm really concerned what the live audience response is going to be to Undisputed Era losing.
1: Depends that's on it. how they do it, you know, and I, yeah. I, I guarantee it's produced in a way that they'll be smart about it. I don't see them just having them lose in a, a strictly you know, simple fashion, this is going to be a war, and they're expecting, you yeah. know, a, a specific way for this to I'd go love, down. I'd
0: love for there to be some other crossover as well, I mean, we've got Gargano and Balor on the same show, we've got Ciampa and Adam Cole on the same show, they could always fuck each other over on the way to Portland, like, use, yeah, the, could use this show to build the next one, uh, there's a lot of interplay there, I don't know really what's going on in the UK, I know Gallus and the Imperium have a rivalry going on, so if Gallus ran in on the main event for some random reason, I'd kind of love that. I'd love to see, not that the Forgotten Sons are any good, but just for the three-on-three of it, I'd love to see Gallus versus the Forgotten Sons randomly get thrown on the pre-show.
1: Yeah, I mean, just they could a, always have another uh, match, too. Brawl, I
0: mean, the Forgotten Sons are called Forgotten for a reason, but just as a brawl, I think that would be a great way to kick off the show and maybe bump the UK women's title match onto the actual show. But That's, that's a mi- my
1: hope as well. Yeah. That's a
0: that's a minor, minor nitpick. I know you got to go because you got some other YouTubing you got to do, but you have any final thoughts for the show before we head into Saturday?
1: Uh, no matter what they do here, I think we're, we're definitely going to have a newsworthy show. And this is going to change the landscape going forward of what we expect from, you know, UK as far as them coming to NXT. I think it's going to open the doors more so. So, like you said, it's going to be less of a big deal and just more fluid of a transition for them to go back and forth. And this is going to uh, pretty much alter a lot of the storylines as to you know who's on top going forward. Undisputed Era loses here, and they're no longer top dog. It, it kind of opens up the, the play space. So I, I really am looking forward to seeing what we get. And I thank you graciously for having me on once again. And I look forward to the show Saturday and hearing your review. And uh, make sure you go ahead and comment on my uh, Royal Rumble pick'em contest. So you can try and win a pretty cool WWE prize pack.
0: All right, really, really quickly, before you got to bounce out, tell people where to find you if they don't already know.
1: You can find me on YouTube. It's YouTube.com slash CountdownEnded, and Twitter is CountdownEnded as well. DMs are open, so you can slide right in nice and easy. And I thank you for having me, my good friend. As always, stay sexy, and I look forward to doing this again with you. We have quite a lot more to talk about, so we'll yeah, definitely we make some time again soon.
0: I've been Spaz, he's been Jake, we are your YWC reality check, subscribe up there, talk down there start a conversation, keep all these conversations going, don't be a stranger, I'll talk to each and every last one of you later, but for right now, myself and big ol' sexy Jake are tagging out bye guys